Park Seroy had like this like really I don't know almost militant look that he had like he's like every day he's going to war in the name of vengeance. Welcome to the podcast African Soulmates, a podcast that is dedicated to reviewing Korean dramas, otherwise known as K-dramas. Your hosts are myself, Namsa, Melissa, and Melizwe. We love K-dramas, and in this podcast, you can expect to hear all of our criticisms, praise, bashing, and banter about everything K-drama, at least the ones we've watched. Welcome back. We are back and we are talking about Itaewon class. Super excited because it has one of our favorite actors and we are going to jump right in. So, Melissa, would you like to tell us um, a summary of the show, but particularly what themes does the show tackle? Um, so Ite One Class is an exciting show. It's about a character called Park Seroy, who's played by Park Sujon. And in the show, it's basically, I would say, a vengeance story. So Park Seroy is like, I don't know if people have read The Count of Monte Cristo, when something bad happens to you, or everything, everyone around you turns against you, and then you come back and you get like your revenge. That's how I would summarize Itaewon class about Paxeroy going through the most in his life from when he was a teenager. Um, his dad dies, he's expelled from school. And these aren't spoilers because this happens literally in the first like 30 minutes of the show. So all these things happen to him and then he's just on a path of revenge and his path of revenge starts with him opening up a pub named Dunbum. And in between all of this revenge um, hijinks, he also falls in love or is in love. I won't say much about that, but there's also a love story behind all of these things. And the main lead, her name is Yusu, and she's played by Kim Dami. And there's an, also another female lead called Sua, who's played by Kwan Na-ra. So those are the main characters within the show. Is that a good summary for you, Noms? That's an excellent summary. You gave us actors, you gave us themes, you talked about the first episode. Sis, that was excellent. Thank you. <laughs> um, I love how you spoke about how in, in the midst of it, he falls in love. Um, I wanted to double click on that because I think his character, I would even say that he learns to love more. Um, his heart opens up to love not only, you know, whatever the lead woman in his life, but the people in his life. And, and suddenly they become his people. Um, so in the midst of revenge, there's also this intense love story that's happening, not only with him and the female leads, but um, with him and the people around him and with him and his business. Um, Noli, we'd love to hear your thoughts on just the general show. Thanks, Namsa. And Mel, I think that was a great summary of Itaewon class. Um, what stood out to me in addition to this vengeance story is the other issues that are tackled or brought to light through the show. Um, we get a, an inside peek into Korean society that I think other shows don't necessarily focus on. So there are issues of, of class, there's this rags to riches story, um, there's uh, diversity and discrimination that's tackled. There are issues of, you know, an underdog that you're rooting for. There are these friendships, but you also have friend zones, um, issues of pride and loyalty. And Itaewon class, honestly, was, uh, it was such a, a heavy show for me. Um, I enjoyed it a lot, but I just remember it was an emotional roller coaster sitting through 16 episodes. And, you know, to this day, I don't know that I can rewatch the entire drama the way I have other shows. Um, but it's such a, a powerful, powerful, powerful show. And um, I'm excited for us to really just unpack some of the, the characters that we encounter um, apart from the main ones, as well as just the 
the, the twists and turns in Park Seroi's journey, um, the women in his life, the, the villain, so to speak, um, you know, the, the, the sources of, of pain for him. I think he just walks around. He's this really stoic guy. He's heartbroken. He's sad. He's lonely. And yet, you know, he keeps such a straight face. He shows up for his people all the time. And, oh, yeah, he's, he's a heartbreaking character for me. Heartbreaking indeed. I think with revenge shows, it's just always so important to make whatever character is seeking revenge likable before they before you reveal the revenge plot um, so that you're rooting for the, the character to get the revenge, um, which I think the show does well. Um, and Noli, that's such a good summary of, of the many things that Itaewan tackles, like, wow, Itaewan, like it took on everything. My next question is, what did you ladies find surprising about this drama? So many things. Uh, I think the one that stands out for me is there was a black character in Itaewan class. And like, Mm -hmm. although I would say out of the whole friendship group, he might have had like the the least airplay time. That's what it's called? Playtime? Airtime. Airtime. (laughs) Airtime. Yeah. (laughs) He might have had um, the least airtime, but I just felt like really awesome, like seeing a black character in a show that actually has his own story, his own plot, you know, his like how he navigates the Korean space. And that's that's to do with a lot about Itaewon class, how it brought in characters that I haven't seen fleshed out in other shows without them like being a prop or a, what's the word, a token, yeah, a token character. So there was a black character called Tony who was part of the group and identified as Korean as well. That was hilarious because every time people would be like, you're a foreigner, he'd be like, no, <laughs> I'm Korean. And people are like, but you're black though. And he's like, but I was also born and raised here. So that's that's another a whole conversation around identity. And then there's the, the, the trans character um, who also is really surprising. I've never seen Korean dramas like directly um, discuss anything to do with like homosexuality, trans, like anything that's not hetero, heterosexual, they like sort of hint at it. And the closest they get is like gender bender shows like The Coffee Prince and stuff like that. But this character, um, Honey, Honey. Yeah, Honey. Yeah. yeah, I thought that she was also really just an interesting character to also like, they actually go through her challenges um, being trans and I was like wow okay Itaewon like come through with the you know with the social commentary um so those are the things that I enjoyed and then the second thing oh that was not your question those are the things that I found surprising about the show that they were confident enough to have um to represent those characters so that we could discuss them like this on like platforms like this which I think is amazing yeah Absolutely. I agree with all of that. Noli, what did you find surprising about this drama? I would probably echo what Melissa said, which is the, the diversity of the characters and just the, it's a bold stance to present uh, characters that you typically wouldn't see taking up so much space in a, um, in a homogenous society or homogenous-ish um, society. Right. Um, And to me, it felt like speaking to the realities on the ground that uh, Koreanness looks uh, like many different things. And they're, you know, these are people's lived experiences. So, how do you bring them to the screen to uh, shine a light on people with their many identities? Um, And I thought that was really powerful. I did wonder about Kim Tony. I think we might talk about characters a bit later, but uh, it was fascinating to see that kind of character. And I wondered if the actor had any input into the, um, the development of the character. Like, yes, surely the writers had their Black character, but now coming in as a Black actor, you're reading the script. Is there an opportunity to say, hmm, I wonder how authentic 
how much more authentic we can make the character. Um, so yeah, that was just something that um, was on my mind as we encountered this character. Um, but beyond that, I mean, I don't know that there were any, I, I can't think of anything else that surprised me. Um, I mean, we can talk about the things that upset me or that um, <laughs> made me happy, but you know, I'll save that for later. What about you, Nomsa? What did you find surprising? Um, I agree with everything that all of you have said. And I love this idea of um, Itaewon. Surprisingly, like it's it's almost like the Itaewon is named after an actual, is it a district in, in Korea? I'm not sure, but it's an it's an it's a place. Um, and they kind of created this narrative around it's being a place where everyone has a home. Um, and kind of made the lead character as a, someone where everyone can find a home except his arch nemesis. <laughs> um, but for me, what I found most surprising amongst everything else you've said was um, Park Siroy's hairstyle. Um, I don't know why. Was, <laughs> I don't know why it was cut like that. I don't know who, whose idea it was. I, I don't know what, what message they were trying to give with that hairstyle, it was shocking to me. I was like, wow. And I just think Park Seo-jun, the guy who plays him has such great hair, why, why is it gone? So for me, that was, that was surprising. But what was even more surprising is that then the hairstyle grew on me because of everything he was doing. And then I didn't mind it. By episode 16, I didn't mind, I didn't mind. So, but yeah, I definitely think that hairstyle was surprising. <laughs> No, that hairstyle never grew on me. Like I, it was, it was just painful the whole time for me. And you know, I, I went on some of these chats, like these show chats, and I was like, "Can I get an amen about how bad this hairstyle is?" And people got like crazy mad at me, um, because they were saying that this is how the show is saying staying true to the webtoon, because Itaewon class is based on a webtoon with the same name. And in the webtoon, he has that hairstyle. And it's like, it's fine. Like, <laughs> it's fine in the webtoon. But like, in real life, does that hairstyle work for anyone? I don't know. But it's also like a really common hairstyle in Korea. So I don't want to like be stepping on any toes. I'm just saying for PSJ, it wasn't, it wasn't the greatest hairstyle. And like, even um, if you guys remember further on in the show, even um, Yusu's hairstyle was like, I was like, who is the hairstylist on the set? Like, it was so clearly a wig. I was like, guys, come on. I mean, you're on Netflix. Surely you have some budget. <laughs> Make sure that this girl can have a proper lace front. Come on. So yeah, no, uh. no, <laughs> like, I 100% agree with you that the hairstyles in Itaewon class were thoroughly surprising. Because even Suya, yeah, at the beginning, when she's a teenager, what was that, Bob? It was straight out of, like, <laughs> a downtown store where you just, like, get out of here. Yeah, sorry. Please, um, <laughs> Wait, but, uh, I mean... I actually liked that haircut on uh, Park Seroi. And I don't know if it's because I, you know, I just met the character and fell for him, but I thought, I thought he pulled it off really well. And there are many moments that we see where he sort of just rubs his head and he's, oh, guys, no, that hairstyle. Didn't he actually popularize it when, when the show was playing in real time? I feel like there were probably a lot of young Korean men who are like, that's, that's my look. Hook it up to their barbers. <laughs> I know it's, I know it's unpopular. <laughs> I don't unpopular know. in this team. <laughs> like I even used to like Google Park Sujon to just remind myself what his hair usually looks like just to, just for the, what's, what's it called? Just for control. <laughs> for control. <laughs> Well, actually, Noli, there was somebody who had a similar hairstyle to Park Seroy, um, who was in GOT7, which is one of these K-pop bands. His name was Bam Bam. Um, and the band members actually made fun of him at some point because they were calling him Bam Seroy. So, yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. We've talked about 
what is surprising and what's different about this show. Um, but also want to think a little bit about what's similar to other shows we've watched. So um, what similarities with other dramas um, would you say Itaewon class has other dramas that you've watched? Is it fashion, dialogue? Is there themes that, or the, the, the iconic wrist grab? Maybe one thing that is similar between Itaewon class and other shows I've watched is the just a sense of camaraderie right so when when it's a, a show that really is focusing on friendships and you know strong bonds amongst people um i think that's something that definitely stood out for me honestly noms i think that's a tough question because i think there were more differences than similarities with itaewon class because even when I think about the fashion, like all the characters had actually quite distinct fashion choices that like even Yusu wasn't like your normal female lead in the things that she was wearing. Like she wasn't cutesy or elegant or graceful. Like she had like a punk rock sort of like look to her. And then um, Park Seroy had like this like really, I don't know, almost militant look that he had like he's like every day he's going to war in the name of vengeance um so sorry <laughs> <laughs> no that's actually a perfect description of Park Seroy. it's like each morning he's waking up you know and he's he's out to war he's going to battle every day everything is and it's strategic right that's what the military is about you need to be strategic if you're going to get your enemy so yeah. I really like how you described him <laughs> yeah and like but all of them had like this very even Su- Suya who's the other the second female lead even though she was her look was more to what I would say traditional normal styles they all had like a quirkiness to them. And I think that was just maybe an ode to Itaewon, the district that Namsa was talking about. Like, if you go there, I, I don't know anything about Itaewon, but just from what I've read, like it's a place where foreigners are accepted, like it's more diverse and that's the energy that they carried. Um, and so I wouldn't, I know I've, I've singled out the fashion, but mm, there was one similarity. Mm-hmm with other shows, so it just came to my mind. It's the freaking love triangle. Ah, can we ever escape <laughs> the love triangle with Korean dramas? It's there to haunt us no matter what genre. Um, so yeah, the love triangle made me like tired sometimes. Anything that stood out for you, Namsa? Um, similarities that I thought was, um, one was it started back when he was young and in school, Korean dramas can never just start from Kijge Wan. Like here I am as a 30 year old, it must start from either when you were a child with your trauma or when you were in high school, like we must see you in a uniform somewhere, somehow. <laughs> so I think that they, they, they were just consistent with that, like. I guess I don't know what it is, but they they all I think that was one similarity of like always making sure that like they give context to when this revenge started. Yeah. <laughs> um and it must always when the when the main character is young, it's never like from like when you're 30. <laughs> um there's always some sort of a trauma. Um and of course, I think of course, you know, parentals play some sort of a role. I think those were some similarities. Like they they didn't exclude the some lightly, not too much, but yeah, they they did have like follow the story of some of the parental figures um and what role they play in shaping their children. Um, I think particularly with his arch nemesis as a parent, they they zoomed in on that and what effect his parenting style had on both of his children. So I think that that was something that's similar to other Korean dramas that I've watched, if I think of Sky Castle. Um, and I think the other thing was, yeah, the the love triangle as well. I agree with Mal. Always gotta have some sort of a love triangle. Itaewon class, true to its nature, they wanted to go against the grain. So <laughs> side eye. I was just, I wasn't happy with along with Mal. I wasn't happy with that. So what did you ladies enjoy the most about the show? Um, 
what I enjoyed were just the the different kinds of relationships and the the resolution that the different characters um, find, you know, throughout the story or as the story unfolds. Um, I really just think they my favorite one of my favorite things was just the relationship that Park Zero had with his friends slash employees um and yeah but also especially even though we get a small part of it his relationship with his dad was just to me oh so pure and um yeah yeah I really like that and then I guess some of the other themes that we've talked about right how they tackle um issues around discrimination and and that sort of thing what about you Mel what did you enjoy most about Itaewon class? It's what I enjoyed the most is similar to what Nodi was saying, but maybe a little more indirect in that I really enjoyed Park Su John's acting in Itaewon class. I think more than any other show of his that I've watched. Um, I think Park Se Roy is a very difficult character to pull off because he, even though there is character development throughout the show, he has like pillars of his character that are consistent with throughout the show. Like he's very principled in who he is and the way he show up to, to situations and the way he responds to situations. And it's a very, like Noli was saying, it's a very stoic type of character and very convicted. And like, even though I don't think that his character is, a character you would find in real life. Like, if I'm honest, guys, how many people are going to commit like 14 plus years to revenge? Like, <laughs> like at some point, you're just like, okay, I'm moving on. But, you know, he had all these like unrealistic things about him as a character, like the way that he, he was committed to revenge and the way that he decided to go about revenge and all of that. But at no point did I not believe Seroy's, Seroy, Park Seroy's journey. At each, I was like rooting for him. I was like feeling his pain, like when he cried. And like, you know, sometimes I would just like, if I stepped away, I'd be like, but that's like such an unbelievable storyline. Like, let's be honest. You telling me this guy did X and he did X, like I would really have to put myself out of it to question it. But when I was watching it, I, it was so believable. Park Su John like really made me root for Park Seroy. Like it's such a true. It's like it's one of those like true underdog stories, <laughs> you know. And you you're there with the underdog the whole way. So that was my favorite thing about about the show. Namsa, what was yours? Um, the thing I enjoyed the most was Park Seer Jun's daddy energy. Uh, I was like, okay. I, I think in shows that I've watched him before. He gives off a lot of like bay vibes, sure, but it's never like mature. Like you never feel like, you know, he's daddy. But in this one, he really gave off that um, safe space. Let me let me use literature language for those who don't understand daddy. Um, he gave off safe space vibes. Like he just felt like such a safe space. I really enjoyed watching that. Like it made me, I hadn't watched a Park Seo Joon sh show in the longest time, but when I'm watching him and how much of a safe space, like safe space vibes he gave, it made me like miss his shows and, and miss his work and just remind me that, wow, this is an incredible actor. That and his one-liners. I really enjoyed the one-liners that um, Sir Roy had, like where he said, I, to, at one point he gives his employee twice her pay and he says, if you still wanna work here, um, work twice as hard and I'm giving you twice your pay and show me that you want to be here. Um, there's another part where he says, I don't, I wanna live in a world where I'm not, um, I'm, I don't suffer for protecting my people or I don't suffer for living to, against my principles or living to my principles. Because um, that's one of the things, right? He's a very principled man, but because he's principled, he suffers for it, um, which is how the world works. You know, if you sometimes if you stick to your guns, you you could be crucified. 
Um, so I think, yeah, those one-liners that he had that really made me think about life sometimes um, that he thought and at some point where he says, you know, I've spent all my time doing this and I've just discovered it's not worth it. Like just some brilliant one-liners that you're just like, mm, mm, mm. you start clicking and be like, mm, actually. Yeah, I mean, there's just something I wanted to um, just double click on that you both have talked about, right? Which is how he's so deeply principled, but that comes at a cost. And like the way he's so self-sacrificing is what I think makes you or made me as a viewer just uh, my heart broke for him because I'm just like can you can you just be happy can you seek joy can you seek you know light lightness in your life must everything be about you know this your 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 nemesis right and oh yeah just what Mal said that he's so convincing because you're there like man I just want you to be happy. Just do this thing that you need to get done and then start living your life um, in a more whole way. Awesome. So we've talked a little bit about what we enjoyed about the show. So what aspects of the drama were least enjoyable to you? And while you're at it, please do tell us what character rubbed you the wrong way? One thing that rubbed me the wrong way was the blurring of lines between employer and employee. And uh, I think the way that tended to manifest itself was in the relationship between Iso and Paxeroi. So there are times where I'm just like, wait, is this your boss? What kind of, like what lines are you crossing by interacting with your boss in a certain kind of way? Um, but then I thought, okay, maybe it's because I, I'm conditioned to think of work relationships um, in a given, probably more corporate or, I don't know, hyper-capitalistic way. But it's like, okay, is this, are, are these your, your employer? Is this your employer? Are these your employees? Are you friends? Are you like family? So it's like, there was that blurring of lines that ended up really um, frustrating me, especially because of the way the relationship between Iso and Paxiri then evolves. Um, I think, you know, like she tells him, this isn't a spoiler, but she's always telling him, oh, I love you, I love you. And I'm just like, huh? Do people do that with their bosses? <laughs> like what? Um, so that tended to rub me the wrong way. Um, and then I also, as much as Paxiri was self-sacrificing and so like loyal it was almost to a fault because then he has these people in his life for example Sua I'm just like you don't these women these people don't deserve you you're so good to them and yet people you know they're just selfish and don't care too much I mean they care but you know they put themselves before him before anything else so yeah that those are some of the things that just kind of I didn't enjoy about the show. I mean, they really got me in my feelings. Um, no, Lee, I agree with you so much. And you know, I'm always in passion. Like I have so much, like you probably were in as much pain as I was, but I was actually so mad. And it wasn't so much the employer-employee relationship for me with Yusu and Park Seroy. It was the fact that she was just, she was just not a great character. I know that they were trying to make her like the anti-female lead, right? So like make her a little more, you know, edgy than what we see. Like, it's almost like if you, if you, if you didn't know, you would say that Suya, Su, Suya was the female lead and Yisu was the second female lead because in most Korean dramas, the way Yisu's character, uh, Yusu's character is built out is like she's like that backstabbing like you know not so nice like mean type of female lead who second female lead who does everything to get the male lead you guys know the character I'm talking about right yes Mel exactly she's so unlikable yeah. yeah she's unlikable she's petulant she's territorial and you're just like ugh, mean girl bye 
yeah and you know i know they're trying to make her like i said like edgy like okay she's different you know but there's some points where the different was just mean like the way she's so mean to the rest of the employees and i'm like to like to to Sarah, like if you really are like principled and stuff how come it doesn't come across with the way that you treat yusu because she's doing these crazy things and like being mean to your other employees and like i don't know you i guess you're trying to you know give her space to grow as a person which i highly questioned at the end of the show mm-hmm. i didn't think she <laughs> at all she was exactly the same as when it started but that's controversial um but yeah for me the worst parts of the show namsa was just yusu's character <laughs> that's so interesting because Initially I liked you so because I didn't think she was a factor. <laughs> I didn't think she she would she would press on. I I didn't even I didn't even think she was a person. So I really I didn't mind her. I thought okay there's this cheeky little girl and I thought she was funny. Um and I was just like oh, this this I, in fact I thought she was delusional. So that's why I I I thought um I thought she was funny because I thought the whole point was to bring in a delusional character. But no, turns out she was not delusional. Everything she wanted, she got, and everything she declared was hers ended up being hers. And I just I just don't understand why she was rewarded for such like mm, side eye behavior. And I just think that if they if they were going to be doing that, then they should have also rewarded Sua because she also had side eye behavior. and i just don't think that they were they were fair in their treatment in the female leads <laughs> um so i agree i think i was just like wow okay cuz at first i was like oh i like this character she's so delusional i was like uh-huh. wait and i also didn't enjoy that the writers tried to fool us trying to say that yuso had changed she had not and they did not do a good job of trying to portray that she had changed <laughs> every other character grew in some way or another and then they try to make her seem like she's the mother of the flock giving people advice at some point she gave um huni advice about cooking and and whatever but like everything that she did and the way that she did it was always with like that mean girl attitude or whatever so it was just not believable so they tried to redeem her character and make it seem like she had grown but I I don't know what happened but I didn't believe it. At the end of the show I didn't believe it. So I just felt like I was still dealing with that teenager um at the end of the show but they were trying to convince us that she's 24 and she's grown and she and she's successful. The only thing they changed about Iso was her wig. Okay, she went from <laughs> short hair to long hair. Otherwise, everything else I'm like sorry. <laughs> This is the same girl we met back in the episode 1 or 2 like no or whatever episode it was that she first comes in. <laughs> I'm like we're not sold. We are not buying this. And you know Noeli, do you know it's the nail on the coffin for me. When I was like I'm not even going to remember this girl's name is the way she kissed Parks away. I I thought of what's wrong with secretary Kim and I was like Park Min Young please come give your girl some lessons what is going on here why is she taking us to 2001 dead fish kisses so these are the things that I wonder about right which is is the show written is the script complete when the actors first start shooting or is it that as the weeks go they are adapting you know character developments or trajectories based on what the what the viewers are saying because i'm just like how it didn't feel like it, these two characters needed to go there or you know all these different characters needed to end up where they did because i was just like huh what that was just not the pivot i expected so these are the questions i would have if i were interviewing the writers okay So I'm guessing from these answers that you so was the character that rubbed you both the wrong way. <laughs> so we'll roll with it. I think another character that rubbed me the wrong way was Hoxeroy's arch nemesis and had a son. He was a bully. 
it just a bully, but who a bully who could not deal with the consequences of his own actions. So, you know, when you bully people, people get hurt, right? But like, he's like, and then someone gets hurt or something happens as a consequence of his actions and he freezes and he's like, oh, what do I do? Um, and it's like, <laughs> like, if you're going to be a bully, can you actually just like be like, be responsible for your actions? So for me, he rubbed me the wrong way. Didn't like him. He was just such a like, yeah. And I can't even believe that he came back at the end of the show because like he kind of disappeared at some point in the middle of the show. And I just couldn't believe that he came back at the end of the show. I'm just like, why is this, why is he even being given airtime? He doesn't deserve it. And that's the thing with bullies though, Namsa. You know, they can dish it, but they can't take it. Um, and they, for as long as they can dish it, they will continue to be awful or to behave awfully, right? And then when it's turned around on them, it's like, hmm. Huh. What do you know? Not so easy to stomach that kind of, to be on the receiving end of that kind of, um, of not just of that kind of behavior, but to actually have to deal with consequences. I felt the same way about Gunsu, his brother. Like, and it was for yeah. different reasons. Obviously, Gunwan was like, he was like total like bully, horrible character. But with, with Gunsu, I was like, guy, can you just grow a backbone? Like, honestly. Right. Yeah. And then he decides to grow a backbone, like, later on in the show, but for totally whack reasons. Uh-huh. Like, I'm just like, so this is why you're going to step up? You're going to step up because of what's her face? Come on. Uh, I was so tired. <laughs> <laughs> so tired i was like there's so many reasons for you to be a better person but it's because you're on this journey to win you saw's heart who's never gonna be one because she's obsessed with steroid i was yeah i was just like please somebody have a one-on-one coaching moment with gunsu even though (laughs) steroid was trying the whole time you know steroid is not like it's not direct he wasn't just saying guy get over this girl she really loves me I don't, I know my feelings right now are, you know, on the fence, but she's not going <laughs> to fall in love with you. So please, like, exert your efforts elsewhere. Because I don't know why he was doing that. So that whole family, and I was saying, like, the Jang, the, the main guy, the arch, arch nemesis, Jang Dehi, the one that Sarah is trying to get revenge on. You know, that guy was so good at acting evil. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was evil. Oh my goodness. So evil. Oh gosh. Like I was, and you know, you guys, there's a scene at the end, the end of the show, and we'll, we'll probably talk about this in the spoiler section. When him and Park Saroy confront each other for the last time, that I held my breath throughout that whole scene because that's when two great actors come together because it was intense. Right, and Mel, actually, you've actually hit on something like a goldmine because actually those were, I think, best actors in the show and all their scenes where they are face-to-face, wow, wow, guys. No, give give them an Oscar if, if an award. Give them a pom-pom. Because every time those two men were did a scene together, it was always intense. Even when, when Siroy was was a kid, um, and then they had their first dialogue to their very last dialogue. They kept up that energy and they kept us at the edge of our seats. It was just, it was intense. It was sharp. It was, it was witty in some places. I was just like, these two, I mean, I, I even believed in it. Like, I was like, do they even talk after the, the director says cut? Like, how do you bring so much animosity? There's like animosity, there's a a sort of respect for each other, but also just this deep hatred. And it's like, uh, how much of it is, is any of, is, is this all acting? Because what's happening? Why are we so convinced that you guys absolutely despise each other? <laughs> you know, so intense. I wanted to ask, Novi, is there anything you'd add about the Kim Tony, Kim Tony character? What is interesting about that character is, and I think Nomsa might have mentioned it, is that it brings up 
questions about identity and what it means to belong, um, what is Koreanness in the 20, what are we, 21st century? No, I agree. I think he was a great um, character to bring up conversation around Blackness and being foreign in South Korea. And um, when I was, and also just around identity and like the scene where he's not allowed in the club, you know, uh, something uh. that apparently happens. I thought he was a great starter for dialogue, um, but I agree that he was like super annoying sometimes. Like, be, I thought he was annoying because when they would confront him about like, uh, you're from Africa or you're a foreigner and then he'd be like, oh, no, I'm Korean. Like he would say it like in just a matter of fact as if like everybody's supposed to get that he's he's Korean even though he's black. I thought there yeah. was an opportunity to go deeper there around that conversation around identity. But I mean, you yeah. know, Tyler Perry got us on the map. Did everybody love Tyler Perry? No, I didn't. <laughs> but he got the ball rolling, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. To, to compare him to Tyler Perry, but I'm saying he's one of the first like thought out black characters that I've seen. And I'm not saying we should have black characters in every Korean drama, like South Korea is predominant, predominantly Korean, but oh, in the traditional sense, whew, identity, what a slippery slope. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was, it was a great, it was a great start. Um, and I think Mel, to your point about, you know, the opportunities to speak more uh, around you know the his identity or part of his identity right the African side of it I wonder if they were also trying to portray that here's this guy he's in his I, I guess early 20s or whatever and he's probably been having all these questions he's had his identity questioned from day one right from when he was a child and now he's just gotten to a point where he's like I'm not even engaging in these conversations I'm telling you I'm Korean and that's that on that, you know, like go figure it out yourselves, how it is that I came to be Korean. Um, So yeah, so maybe there was an element of realism there to say, okay, we want to know more, but for the character himself, he's like, I'm done trying to explain or justify my existence as a Korean man. I was just gonna say, I I thought of the the scene where some people come into the restaurant and they ask and they're speaking in English and everyone looks at Kim Tony like and he's like I'm Korean I don't speak English like <laughs> so it's like but he assumes that he's yeah. English and it's like no I don't speak English so I thought that was such an interesting um a scene and speaks to these deep, deeper things of stereotypes and um what languages people should speak because of the way they look right and the assumptions that we make in terms of language and identity based on um, what we see outwardly whereas we aren't a function of of what we see outwardly we're a function of our experiences right so he was like but I grew up Korean I don't where would I have spoken English the same way you don't speak English anyway is the same thing with me so I thought that was interesting Kim Tony I was going to say, I'd love to talk a bit about this theme of revenge, because at some point I was worried that it was going to consume Park Seroy. Like, I was so worried about him that he's just actually going to spend his whole life and he's going to sacrifice everything just for revenge. That had me all types of ways because they did a good job of making me like the character. So I was rooting for him. But at some point I stopped and I was like, I want more for you. I want you to be whole and healed. Like, I like, I, I almost felt like I was his dad. Like I took on the shoes of his dad where I was like, yes, what happened to you wasn't okay. Um, and yes, you know, do the things, buy the stock that makes you the Don Don and all of that. Um, but I was just like, but I don't want your entire life to be about this, this man. Um, who are you after he's gone? Who are you after you've, you know, fulfilled your revenge? Um, so I think at some point I was with Sua, where Sua actually stops him and she says, 
just give it up, huh? Like, let's 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 run away together, <laughs> and let's, let's just be happy together. Like, let's just stop this whole thing. Um, and I really was with her. I know that was probably a scene that that they tried to put as the separation between Sua and Yuso, because Yuso was like, "Oh, is, these people are in your way. Don't worry, Boo. I'll I'll take them down for you." Whereas Sua was like, "Let it go." Um, do more, find something else. You know, you, you've built this business, you've got these people, let it go. Um, and I was honestly on Suicide side where I was just like, mm, this, is, this is becoming a lot. Um, and the, the reason why I realized it was becoming a lot is because everyone was getting drawn into it by being close to him and lives were starting to be compromised because of this revenge thing. And I was just like, ah, guys, I think, um, well, thank you guys. I think you guys have given quite a good, uh, a robust analysis of a robust show. So um, love to hear it. Let's go into um, our rating. How would you rate this show? I think I would give Itaewon class 4.7 pieces of Korean fried chicken. Um, I think initially I was probably going to go with a, a much lower score, probably a 4.2. And the big reason for any points docked for me is, is Iso, that age gap, their dynamics, sorry, her, the dynamics between Iso and Park Seroyi. I wasn't about that. Um, but it's such a good show. The acting is brilliant for me. It's bold. We've talked about a lot of the themes and I enjoyed seeing them being tackled on the screen. Um, 4.7, that's my final answer. I think I'm going to give it a four. Um, and I know this is like controversial, but it's because if I'm honest, guys, I really forgot about Itaewon class when I wasn't watching it. It doesn't really occupy my mind as much as other shows. Like when I was in it, I was really invested. And I remember I kept texting Nam's like, you have to watch Itaewon class, you have to watch Itaewon class. But when it ended, I just never spoke about it again. Nom said, do you remember? Like I just went from a hundred to, okay, it's finished. Um, yeah, I was very surprised at that. Like you, <laughs> you completely it's finished. Like, cause when you were watching it, you, you were like, come on, you need to watch this show. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, he's such a good actor. And then like, you were done and you moved on and I don't know where you went from there I think you were even watching I don't know it's okay not to be okay you start watching other dramas and you moved right along so even then when I started watching it and I was recounting scenes to you you were clueless <laughs> you were like oh yeah <laughs> so it's like what you yeah I remember that and I was shocked yeah I don't know there's like there's some shows that stay with me forever like I think about like fight for my way stays is, is a show that stayed with me forever but Itaewon class is just like in a little box in my mind it wasn't memorable for me um but when I was in it I loved the the the, the toxic topics that it tackled um and I loved PSJ's acting I think it's just so brilliant but I think maybe it's to do with the ending like Noli was saying like mm. characters ended up and for me, endings are so important because that's like, it's make or break for me because it's like, I committed so much of my time to this, you better make the ending good. And if I think about all the shows that I rate lower, it's because I'm like, that's the way you decided to drop me off at the bus stop after five hours after the bus ride, bye. Yeah, and so I think Yusuo's character really threw me off so I'll give I'll, I'll give it a four four a four um can I just say something about you know it not being a memorable show for you I think for me the reason it was hard to to come back to it or whatever I just it was such a painful show that's mm -hmm. honestly it for me I'm just like I it was so good but I was just like wow my heart I can't I can't handle it um but yeah let me uh, ask Nobsa, what is your rating of Itaewon class? Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to give it a, I think maybe like a 4.3. 
And it's going to get those three because there's a song called Sweet Night that's sang by V from BTS, who happens to be Park Seo-jun's bestie. And I think it's just so cute. And like that song is also beautiful. And I'm just about it. So it gets extra points for that. Um, so actually, I'm actually going to land at 4.5 because of that song. I really, really like that. I love a good friendship. Come on. Um, and yeah, I gave it that rating because brilliant acting from, from um, Jang Dahi and from Park Siroy and their intense scenes. I think that was really, really cool. Um, the ending threw me off as well um, because I honestly felt like the other characters had better chemistry um, than the characters that ended up together. So for me, it kind of threw me off and I just didn't think it was fair. <laughs> just like, ah, they just, I just felt like they rewarded um, behavior that I would not reward. So yeah, that for me threw me off um, and I will land at 4.5. From here on out, it's spoilers and nothing but spoilers. Um, I guess I'll start us off with the spoiler. The fact that Park Seroy ended up with the with Yiso is a travesty. And I would actually love to send the writers a strongly worded email on how that was the incorrect decision of the of an outcome of that love triangle. What a mess. And I would say for me, um, I also I feel like Sua, the fact that she didn't end up with Park Siroy makes sense because of her lack of backbone. And I think they were trying to make a point of the kind of woman Siroy needs, but like then they just picked the wrong person. So I was like, nope, it's a no from me. Um, I also was like, is it really realistic that this guy has managed to save like 1.9 billion won and in stocks? Like, I feel like they just slipped that in there real quick because now it's like, ah, ah now he's got money. Is that believable? <laughs> yeah, yeah all of the above first of all neither of the female leads deserved Park Seroi um I also just think he was too good to be true I'm just like you're great but my goodness these your supposed flaws are still things that are reflective of your principles and you know loyalty and all that but uh, bruh are you real are you actually for real um yeah that's it. That's it. His dad, oh my gosh, his dad was the best. His death was the most gut-wrenching sure. thing. Um, the, the scene where he meets his dad again. Oh, heartbreaking. Cried. So heartbreaking. I wept. I wept. Thank you for joining us this week on African Soulmates. Make sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify and Google Podcasts so you don't miss new episodes every other week. If you enjoyed what you heard, tell a friend about the show and introduce us to a new soulmate. Mm-hmm.